This is the Woman of Revelation series with a friend of Medjugorje. Many people are in such a cruel situation of hurting, and everywhere they turn, nobody's there. Their worst fears come true. They're lonely. They lost everything. And we have fractured families. We have many pains today that's difficult to endure. But our lady doesn't want that. She wants that removed. And you don't have to wait for Christ. You can soften those pains. You're going to have them, but you can rejoice. That was a friend of Medjugorje on March 18th, 2017. This is the Woman of Revelation series on Radio Wave with a friend of Medjugorje. Tonight's broadcast is titled, Our Common Thread is What? A friend of Medjugorje talks about frustrations, about how to deal with tiredness, something a lot of Our Lady's apostles need to hear about. The broadcast actually begins with a piece from a friend of Medjugorje from December 2016. Now, we were playing it in the March broadcast to show how prophetic it was as of March 2017. Looking at it today in 2022, it's even more prophetic than it was then. So the broadcast will actually begin with us speaking about this piece that we're about to play. Here is the March 18, 2017 Radio Wave broadcast. At the end of last year, in December of 2016, a friend of Medjugorje was speaking to a group of pilgrims here at Caritas, spontaneously walked into uh, some words that came deeply from his heart. And these words became an Avena prayer that we prayed that ended on January the 1st. And so listen now for just, it's about a minute and a half with a friend of Medjugorje, December the 11th, 2016. You have to be 100% after you leave here, because now you know. You can claim ignorance before, but once you've heard the word, it's over for you. You either turn away from it or embrace it. The persecution and the difficulties is what I said in school this morning. Where will we go? What will we do? That's what happened when 120 disciples left Jesus over the teaching of the Eucharist, and Jesus turns to them. He didn't say, you know, you've got to do this, you've got to believe in this. He just turned to them and says, Will you also leave me? I'm not going to force the Eucharist down your throat. I'm not going to force even the belief of it. That's your decision. The apparitions aren't forced down your throat. That's your decision. You can reject or accept it. I can say for my part, and I can speak from behalf of all 50, 60 of us, where else will we go? What else we do? We've tasted Our Lady's love. We've tasted God's miracles. We've tasted the cross, the suffering, the tears, the difficulties, and the jubilations, and the miracles, and the beautiful things like we did this morning, and a beautiful way of life. What else can we do? I can do nothing else. I don't know what else to do. Where will we go, Mary? We've given up everything for you. That was Peter's words. Jesus, what will we do? We've given up everything for you. But 120 left. Of all those in Medjugorje, I know so many people that was there active for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, they're no longer part of it. They don't want to be a part of it. They grew tired of it. I always remember, prayer takes precedent over tiredness. you got to keep your prayer to keep your calling. And if you're not doing your four rushes a day, minimum, you're not going to keep it. And you're not going to understand it. And you're going to think you're persecuted. And so these words ended up becoming a novena prayer that we prayed from December the 24th, Christmas Eve, that ended on January the 1st, the Feast of Our Lady. And since January 1st, we have seen an avalanche of activity of good versus evil, 
It's happened in the government. It's happened within the church. It's happened. It's happening in families. It's happening all over society. A confrontation of decision making uh, where people are having to be forced to make a decision one way or the other. And so we're seeing these words come to life in real time. These prophetic words come to life in real time, which leads us towards Our Lady's message tonight that a friend of Medjugorje will be speaking to you about. And so as we begin this broadcast, we ask you to open your hearts in prayer as we turn Radio Wave over to our host, a friend of Medjugorje. I'm glad to be here on March 18th, special apparition. I came up the ramp towards shipping to come into the building a little while ago. I saw on a concrete driveway a monarch. And of course, these butterflies are the yellow and black ones, beautiful, that everybody knows about. And many people know, but maybe some don't, that they migrate on these wings that's so thin that it's hard to understand how they can go from America to South America. There's two places they congregate. Have you ever seen the magazines that show the pictures of these monarchs migrating and breeding in this location, there's tens and tens of millions of them, maybe a hundred million, who knows. But they literally cover several acres, all the trees. All you see is one gigantic monarch on top of another monarch, just covering wing to wing. They're thick, like a beehive or swarming, if you've ever seen that. So this monarch is on the ground, and all the edges of his wings are tattered. And he kept trying to flap to fly. But he has only about two-thirds of what's left on one side. The other side was about half of it gone. And it wasn't just broken off where it was a result of some injury. They're worn out. It's tattered. They're a little shredded. And you think, this little insect, how God can make that something so fragile fly so far and then back and make it back to here at this point when winter's about to leave us. It's really miraculous. I passed over him, actually, and I came back to him, and I saw one of the guys. I said, go get a camera to take a picture of this. We'll write a story about it. But he would try to move around and walk and try to fly and couldn't do it. But what I'd like to write about it is how we ourselves are so weak and tattered and worn out. And our lady sees that. This thing was a beautiful parable, looking at this thing so delicate and yet, with the expectations of God put into its instinct, you got to fly from here all the way to South America and our way back. How can he make that demand on something so fragile, something so thin, that it takes no muscles in your fingers to hold it and just rip it to pieces? And he's supposed to fly across the oceans? How is that? It's a miracle in front of us. We see miracles every day. This thing is a miracle. And it's a miracle for what is being demanded from us, from Our Lady, because we're in the clutches of the devil very strongly, and we're being worn out. And Our Lady is here to give us the strength through hope, because we don't have the strength. She wants to strengthen us. That's what was said on March 2nd, that she wanted to strengthen us. So Our Lady here today gives us a message for us to increase our faith, because if there's no love, you'll not have faith. You can only have faith if you have love. It results in that. Our Lady said on March 2nd, more love means more faith. It has to have faith in its instinct. Now, think about if its wings are going to hold up, and if a man made that, 
in any kind of way, you say there's no way that thing can go to South America. It can't make it. It's too flimsy. It's impossible. And I still don't understand it, just looking at that thing on the concrete driveway. How does God do that? And so there's a miracle taking place in the world with a people that is so steeped in error, so wronged in the wrong direction, that our lady is here through her words to create millions and millions of miracles to bring people to conversion that don't even have it in them for it. And our lady refers to that in an amazing way today that what you're consciously seeking Jesus and you're unconsciously are seeking my son. We're yearning for Christ. We're starving for him. Just like this monarch is yearning to get back to where it needs to go to, our own going the other way through winter. So the words of Our Lady today are beautiful words calling us to strengthen our faith. The annual apparition of Our Lady of Medjugorje to Mariana on March 18, 2017. Dear children, my motherly desire is for your hearts to be filled with peace and for your souls to be pure so that in the presence of my son, you could see his face. Because, my children, as a mother, I know that you thirst for consolation, hope, and protection. You, my children, consciously and unconsciously, are seeking my son. I also, as I pass the time on earth, rejoiced, suffered, and patiently endured pains until my son in all his glory removed them. And that is why I am saying to my son, help them always, you, my children, with true love. Illuminate the darkness of selfishness, which all the more envelops my children. Be generous. May both your hands and heart always be open. Do not be afraid. Abandon yourselves to my son with trust and hope. As you look towards him, live life with love. To love means to give oneself, to endure, and never to judge. To love means to live the words of my son. My children, as a mother, I am speaking to you. Only true love leads to eternal happiness. Thank you. Our lady's call is to step out into the dark where there's no light. Because we're in darkness. She says, illuminate the darkness of selfishness, which all the more envelops my children. It's not decreasing, people. It's increasing. The darkness of selfishness, which all the more envelops my children. And so when a lady comes along, she asks for conversion. No matter what your situation is, she's asking for change. And I tell you, that's the scary part. 
because changing doesn't always can be seen where it's going. You don't know what the next chapter is going to be. It's really an unsettling trek that when your lady calls you to convert, you don't have a finish line. You don't have something I can see up ahead. You just have to do what she says to do because there's no finish line. Our lady said the process of conversion is a process which lasts your entire lifetime. It'd be nice if she gave us the messages, and this is the goal, and this is the finish, but that finish is what she said today. True love leads to eternal happiness. That's the finish line. That's where you cross over into. So we do what St. Paul says. He said, I ran the good race. And how do you make it? How do you make that race? There's only one thing you can do is to let Our Lady work everything out. Your job is to hear a message and don't worry about what's on the next page because it's not going to be read until you get there. You have to walk blindly, holding our hands, her the guide, and just do all you can in every situation, no matter what, the best you can do. Chest, what goes around comes around.
So we get complicated. We think well, we got to do this and we got to do these methods and we got so many uh, exercises and there's so many programs coming out of the church that how are we going to do conversion? How are we going to do evangelization? This is not our problem. All the renewed things that came up through the church years ago, all the programs that come up with, Christianity is not a program. It's not something you sit down and devise with methodology. You pray, you fast, the Holy Spirit will tell you what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. We live that life. We got the greatest impact that I know of in regards to bringing people to conversion. We see it. We have cognition with it. And it's not just personal contact. It's what we do as a mission. I'm not saying that in boasting. I'm saying that in what St. Paul says, he boasts as being a super apostle. Our Lady has said, we're apostles enough to believe to accept the messages. We've got to understand we are apostles. And we're here to renew the face of the earth. You mean, we're going to renew the face of the earth? That's what we're going to be doing? Our Lady said it just a few days ago, March 2nd. Therefore, my apostles of my love, I'm gathering you around me. Look at me with the heart. Speak to me as a mother about your pains, sufferings, and joys. And she says just before that, why? So that the world would be different. She's here for that. She goes on after that. She says, speak of my son and of me to all those around you with your life, your method, the plan, the program is to live a certain way of life. That life will show the son. And as a result, she says, speak of my son and of me to all those around you with your life so that the world would be different. We are changing the world. We believe that. I wouldn't have believed it 30 years ago, even 20 years ago, but that's our position. And we believe February 25th, 1988, sacrifice your life for the salvation of the world. We believe June 25th, 2007, God desires the conversion of the entire world. Whose hands is that in? It's in my hands and it's in your hands. A lady today, it seems like she's trying to unveil some things before our eyes. She's saying in, in the message, you, my children, consciously and unconsciously are seeking my son. And that we're thirsting for consolation, hope, protection. And maybe we're not receiving those things. Maybe we are, maybe we aren't in our lives. But the fact that she's bringing out that she wants our souls to be pure. And that she's telling us to have true love. We are the ones, perhaps in darkness that we perhaps aren't living our lives with pure intentions, that there's selfishness perhaps in what we're doing. Do you see that in what she's saying or expressing today? Well, what's the saying about something about good intentions? Something about being worth basically nothing. Good intentions don't get you nowhere if you're not carried around. You got to carry out those good intentions. Many people have good intentions. They may never do it. Oh, I'll give it to the poor. Better pass somebody I didn't that I should have. Well, my intention was to do that. No, you have to have good intentions. But if you do something with good intentions, like go robbing the rich to get to the poor, you can't do that. That's thievery. No matter what your moralist ideas and your high-mindedness is, you can't be a moralist thinking, I'm, I'm, no, I'm the judge. I know what I can do. 
and think you can rob somebody from one person to give it to somebody else because of whatever reason. You can never do that. You're guilty. And so Our Lady's asking for purity. Not only a purity of intentions, she said, and coupling this today with the message of purity, today's message said, filled with peace and for your soul to be pure so that in the presence of my son you can see his face. She means that. Let me tell you something about that. Our Lady's words are not symbolic. They're not just cutesy phrases. Oh, we're going to play pretend and see Jesus' face. You will see Jesus' face. And maybe if the person that sees Jesus' face isn't pure, but if you pray for somebody, you're doing their prayers for them. So if you get down on your knees for your spouse, your children, whoever, you beg God for my husband or my wife or my daughter, whatever, and you pray for them, literally means you're doing the prayers. God looks down on Jane, whose name is really Sam, the father, and Sam's praying for Jane. God looks down on Sam, and here's Jane. He's doing her prayers for her, for her conversion, for what she needs. There was a woman. She was a nurse. She worked in a nursing home for older women. She kept helping to clean this woman. This lady was ugly and very nasty to her. She had to wash her and wash her feet. She'd kick her. She'd spat her water. She'd spit on her. She did all these things. She responded back with love. And this one was nasty. She wasn't pure in that sense of her heart. But the nurse really did what she would be pure and gave her something for her actions. So you can help people see Jesus by being pure, even though you see Jesus. So one day, the nurse is washing her feet. She's acting up and cursing her out. And in a flash, this wicked woman looked at the nurse and saw Jesus Christ. She literally saw his face in a flash, a beatific vision in a microsecond and completely converted her. But that doesn't mean you yourself, if you're pure, you can't see Jesus. I tell you what, that woman saw Jesus and that woman changed herself. She said it was a mirror. Beautiful things. And I don't have any doubt about these things happening. I know they can happen. And you bring these things about, and that's what I was asking. She's asking us to be holy. She wants us to love God. Do our best, I'll take care of the rest. Speak of my son and of me to all those around you with your life. Are you doing that? Are you going around doing that with your life? You notice how she said, speak of my son and of me to all those, not some people, well, they're not going to like that, or they're in sin, or they're, they're different faith, or they're devil worshipers, or whatever they may be. I got to be careful. I got to be tippy-toey. No, that's over. Speak of my son and of me to all not most all, to all, everybody around you, all those around you with your life, the way you live, so that the world would be different, that simplicity and purity would return. This is our marching orders. Have you acted on that just a few days ago? She comes back here today and says the same thing about purity. The selfish, the darkness of selfishness be wiped out is growing even in our majority people because they judge the wrong way. They don't know how to judge. We talked on Medianomics a couple of days ago about judging. We made judgments. Light judges is part of life, but you can't judge on people why they are what they are, but you can change what they're doing when they're doing something in error. And the assumptions people make, 
the guesstimates that they make. And the point man God, Jesus says, seven out of ten is wrong. So that's very dangerous. So simply, what are we called to do? Be holy. We're supposed to follow God. And he works out everything. He walks out the path you're going to meet today with somebody who's needing conversion. Somebody needs to see Jesus in your face. And sometimes you go back to somebody who's degraded and you see Jesus in them. Especially when you convert them. We've seen the Jesus in face. Our Lady's first words breathed in this valley was that your work be prayer and everybody you meet be an encounter with God. The people you meet, no matter what level they're in, is an encounter with God. How do you deal with that? You can deal with the efficacy of the new power that Lady has to give to you that she's going to be with you. She's going to help you to correct people. And it's working more and more weekly. We see the increasing efficacy by the week right now. And incredible things are happening right now in the Medjugorje world. Most people are missing it because they're not talking to everybody around them with their life. They're immersed in the same way. So holy is the way to go. It's the path. Once you do that, once that takes place, you'll see the healing hands of God upon what your words do with your life.
to her You're my saving grace You're my kind of church You're holy All right, I said today, may both your hands and heart always be open. You're the healing hands where it used to be hurt. We have, are they asking literally, give me your hands. You're my extended hands. We have a message directly to the community from the mother of God, the queen of heaven, the queen of the universe, telling us specifically the community of Caritas. When I'm in Italy, it says, you are my extended hands. You are my instruments. Go out and get hearts closer to God to a way of salvation. So we can speak in confidence. We don't have to guess about it. But I think I already gave that because we believe what she says. We believe to go out and speak of her, of everybody around us, with our life. And that's where we see so many insights into the messages. Well, as, as Our Lady did say, as you look towards him or towards my son, live life with love. That's a simple message, simple words, but give some examples of what Our Lady wants us to or how she wants us to live this life with love. Well, we've got a society so complex that it's just built in aggravations. You're in traffic, it's aggravating. You go up and, and you're bombarded by all these things on, the, on that. You're listening to something you want to hear, and then they got on the radio, and then they got commercial after commercial. These, these frustrations, aggravations, waiting in the traffic. The school kids are late out of school or waiting in line. Everything is geared into a society that's not simple and pure. When you're out there on the ground, you're out there in the fields, all that goes away. You hear birds singing. And so you have these things taking place in our built-in culture that we can't get away from. It's noisy. It's constant sound. And so even in the family environment, people can be frustrated. Are you converting people through how you handle your frustrations? I tell you, your inability to deal with your frustrations virtuously make you not likable. If you deal with these things in an unholy way, you won't be likable. Deal with your frustrations patiently. I know you said that today. With her life. I passed the time on earth rejoiced, suffered, and patiently endured pains. Her pains were tremendously. But if you're not dealing with these frustrations, with calm, bringing every circumstance to peace, and you're blowing up about it, or you're getting aggravated about it, it's going to be a negative for you. That's just one thing of our life. You just If everybody just worked on that one thing, how you're always bringing things to peace rather than an escalation of tensions or an inciter. The Bible says do not be an inciter. And many people incite situations that should be brought to a calm and to a peace. And that's easy to do once you understand the messages. It often means to be wounded. It often means to be quiet. It often means that you have to swallow your own ego and be injured. And we've been at the foot of that over and over and over. But, you know, we end up at the peace, and we end up on the moral high ground when that happens. To what you're saying, something comes to mind, and it's something from the message here where Our Lady says, With true love, illuminate the darkness of selfishness, which all the more envelops my children. What you're saying is one example 
of illuminating darkness in people. What do you think today is the biggest darkness of selfishness that is within Our Lady's children today? We have a whole world that centers around self. Selfies. What is a selfie? The first time I heard that, I didn't have no idea what that was about. It's always on me, myself, and I. And Our Lady comes over here on the 25th, I think it was, and gives a definition of me, myself, and I. Because she says exactly the same thing. I think we counted 18 times she said me, myself, and I. You know, my this, I. She mentioned self. But she's showing us the difference in that, the darkness of selfishness. Mariana has said, Mary has never in our whole life on earth put herself first. Her exact words, Our Lady always put herself second. That's a pretty difficult thing to do. It means whatever you want, you always give way to the next want beside yourself. What is the simplest definition of love? And Our Lady talks about this. Love today. To love means to give oneself. That's what Our Lady did. To endure and never to judge. To love means to live the words of my son. Love leads to eternal life. The most simple definition that you can have of love is what I've repeated for years. Love is simply preferring the need of another before your own. You live that with your life, you'll be loved. If your inability to deal with your own frustrations, virtuously, like I said a while ago, will make you not likable. You have to deal with your frustrations patiently with love. And then people, they're going to know a frustration. They're going to know a difficulty. They know you're going to bring something to deliver is not good news. And then how they handle that will amaze people. Like, well, I wish I should do that. I've seen Maria in a situation that was very, very aggravating and frustrating. And she goes into like almost a second mode of resignation and a physical, easily detectable peace and bringing calm to the situation. Most of these things turn into tragedy of escalating. That's why we have these problems with road rage. You know, a simple cutting in the line, which is aggravating, but it escalates because they're not handling and learning how to handle these things because everything's self-centered. So we do have a focus on that. We witnessed some stations across this past week. It was very beautiful. It was very interesting that what we learned and what I really saw is the whole thing, though, is coming from a negative position of I fail this and the life is this way and it's a whole negative from addictions and, you know, Christ help me and I turn away from you, Christ. And, and what really shined to me was our way of life. And it's interesting today we get that from Our Lady about speaking by way of your, your life for those around you. And what we saw through these 14 stations is, you know, I'll struggle with this. This is a difficult thing. Our kids immerse the opposite way. Jesus is all day long. Mary is all day long. Our life is simple and pure. And our concentration is always on God. We're sinners, probably worse than the other side I'm speaking about, who may be addicted to this or all kinds of problems or whatever and degraded, because we know better. But the distinguishing difference between us and where most of the world is 
is our way of life is something very desirable and actually causes envy to some people in regards to the way we live it. Because they're either convicted or they're jealous of it, they want it and they can't have it. But anybody can have it. It's free. It doesn't cost anything. And we come from a time that was simple. And everybody longs back for how things used to be. Because Ali wants to give this to us. The way of life she's offering is free. There's a price to pay. You have to sacrifice. You have to be praying three hours a day. You have to do your four rosaries a day. Minimum. You have to be constantly on thinking God, as St. Paul said, pray unceasingly. And as the Virgin Mary has said herself, pray unceasingly. Our day is filled with this. And it's a beautiful thing. And we create so many beautiful memories. Just beautiful things. Innocence. We had little Tony, which is two years old this morning, went to his dad because James took something from him and he got something back or whatever. Anyway, Tony, Big Tony went there and kind of refereed and see what was going on. He asked what happened, and James says, he took this from me. And then Tony responded to the fact, uh, no, he, no, I didn't. And Big Tony says to little Tony, do you know what lying gets you? He said, it gets you bitten. He's thinking of a big African lion. So the purity of that answer is a beautiful thing. These are memories for us, even in our corrections and where something happened, we have so many joys here in this. And these are the stories that we tell each other. In fact, the whole community was told this story this morning. We all laughed. He did, his innocence wasn't even thinking of it, telling a story like a lie. Lion was a lion that would bite your head off. So we see these things. We create memories. And it's really a beautiful way of life. And nobody wants to pay the price for it. And I'm telling you, you're cheating yourself by staying into the system. You're not going to get out of it overnight. Our lady says, now's the time of the grace. Now's the time to make change. Now's the time to do those things, even though you don't know what the next chapter is going to tell you. You just do the message, and it's telling you to devoid the things in life that's cluttering your life and keeping you from changing, and don't worry about what comes next. And you'll come into a life where everything's free. We have that here in this place. Magnavox in the living room, CBS and NBC. Clothesline 10 in the backyard, hockey game playing in the street. Deck of cards in the kitchen, cool breeze from our screen door. Grandma reading love letters, Grandpa wrote her in the war. you can't 
enslaves and it does not allow you to be free that's the demon that's what the song holy said i lost my freedom from the demon when i got rid of the demon i got my freedom and we have so many things that if you're peeking through a veil of what life goes on here in our way of life you would be joyed we have so many memories so many beautiful things. Yes, sufferings and difficulties. That lady said that. She said, rejoiced, suffered, so it's together. It's what I've said many times. With the great joy of the birth of the Christ child, nursing this child, raising him, seeing him, came an equal amount of suffering and enduring pains at the foot of the cross, holding that baby Jesus and holding that dead, cold body 33 years later. What you get in consolations, you'll get in sufferings. The greater the call, the greater the difficulties. We can testify to that, but we would never change anything because this way of life is free and it is very beautiful. And you have to start paying the price to get there. I found it almost a little humorous in this phrasing of her message where she says, I also. As I passed the time on earth, rejoiced, suffered, endured my pains. Because in our language, I don't know how it translates in all the other languages, but when you say you're passing the time, it's usually when you are getting, you're stuck somewhere, like you are stuck in a snowstorm in your house and you might be asked, well, how did you pass the time? That kind of language is used when you're kind of stuck somewhere a lot of times and as a phrase, she didn't just rejoice. I mean, she had angels ministering to her. She saw the depth of pain, yet her perspective is this is how she passed the time because her perspective is always towards glory, towards eternal life. Is it really possible for us to achieve that, that perspective, Our Lady, that Whatever we are suffering in our life or... The vision is always, to me, I live for one thing, 
that moment I die. I look forward to it. I pray about it. I think about it every day. I pray for that moment. We know Sofco prayed for a happy, holy death. He died on the mountain. He prayed that last one last time every Friday he, go, he went up. And right after he breathed those words, he walks a few yards and drops dead. And so we want a happy, holy death. It's not going to be a sad thing. And I'm glad you asked this question and relay this because I'm shuffling a song around that I love. One of my favorite groups is Lady Annabellum. I've got a fantastic song tonight with this. But you're talking about what all he says leads to eternal life. Everything, and we got to keep going back, that we're here for one thing, not to make money, not to do this, not be in the political office, not being parents, not being sons and daughters, whatever. We're here for one thing that is a test to see where you'll spend eternity. That's the purpose of our life. Yes, we're supposed to love God with all our mind and heart and love a neighbor, but that's the test. You have to go through these things. And when you judge and you make false judgments, you're casting judgment on yourself, and it always comes back onto you. We don't make judgments on certain things except by facts. And when you have the facts, and you know it's factual, because today people present facts, and they're not even factual. We talked to Medjinomics. People don't even know how to get to the facts. The facts are biblical-based. Truth is the Bible. You have to base everything you do on the Bible. And then you got the people interpret it according to their ego and their selfish ways and their selfish angle with an agenda. All these things are going to count about your eternal life. Will you go to hell? Will you go to purgatory for a thousand years? Or will you go straight to heaven? You know, the goal is to go straight to heaven. I remember a priest once says, I'll be happy if I just make it to purgatory. That's not my goal. I don't want to do this. I don't want to go through this another 500 years. I deserve it. But I've always says, Jesus, you redeem me. Mary has saved me. We got redemption. We got everything from the cross, but we have lost it through modernism, through consumerism, through materialism. We're blinded. We don't see what we're here for. And life centers around the individual. You look at people running down the road. I mean, you, you see somebody, they got a rosary hanging around the mirror. Then you see people, really what brings us together? Nothing. There's only one thing that brings people together today. How do you discover that? And what happens at that point? What makes people really reflect? Think about that. Squeeze it till your hands 
Ladies here to invade. It's a famous band, Lady Annabellum. White knuckles counting beads on a rosary. Hoping one has an answer. You hung it on your mirror on his novelty, but now you squeeze it to your hands hurt. And so it is. What is the common thread? The string that holds the beads. This is a coup d'etat. They slipped it in the song. That's all speaks to us. What are you doing with your rosary? Are you doing the 4-H stay? Are you going to grab it when you're throwing flowers on the ground at the grave of a loved one? Flowers on the ground. Everybody's dressed up. Everybody's at peace with each other. Even those family members or friends who have been distanced. Death brings people together. Will it be for happiness? The greatest joys I had as a child, being an Italian family, was at funerals. Our whole family got together. We stayed together for three days. And it was glorious times. Tears, joys, laughing, crying, sad, rejoicing. Where did those days go? Our funeral's here in our cemetery this way. And we don't always just throw the flowers on the ground. We bury and dig the shovel of dirt covering the casket, each family member. You know why we do that? Because what this other song says, memories are free. I instituted when somebody's buried here that the family members, the direct blood family, not just community, will shovel all the dirt back on and cover the casket all the way up. It may take an hour, hour and a half. And the kids are playing. And like Andrea died, 28 years old, I think it was, had three kids. They're playing, putting dirt on their mama. It's a beautiful thing, a very touching thing, very intimate, something you don't need even the public to see because it's so sacred. And they're laughing and sad at the same moment. This is what I said. I passed my time. These people go to the graveyard, pass the time on life. How? She says, I did it on earth. I rejoiced. I suffered. And I patiently endured pain until my son in his glory removed them. What's the worst migraine headache you've ever had? Starting, say, five years ago, back through your whole life. Does it hurt you now? It's going to be like that. 
Once you see Christ, once that happens, it's all gone. It disappears. And so this is beautiful how we live a life from birth to death, our births are joys, the way we name our kids are joys, the way we bury our loved ones is a joy, but it also is a suffering. It's also missing, also being lonely, and yet be companionship with each other. Community is everything. People aren't able to do that today because they're not putting what they need to do to put into it. You will, because you're going to be forced to it. It's very difficult to do it now in the time of grace because people don't want to pay the fullness of the price to be truly with each other's family. And so we have these difficulties in life today. Your friend, your spouse, they may not be there for you. They're supposed to love you, but do we really have that today? Or is it just selfishness, as the lady said? Sometimes there may be nowhere you can turn. Many people are in such a cruel situation of hurting and everywhere they turn, nobody's there. Their worst fears come true. They're lonely. They lost everything. And we have fractured families. We have many pains today that's difficult to endure. But our lady doesn't want that. She wants that removed. And you don't have to wait for Christ. You can soften those pains. You're going to have them. But you can rejoice. You can have the joys. You need to have both, not just pain. How do you get that? You follow our lady's messages. Calling and calling, nobody home. It feels like I'm falling alone. Out on an island, SOS on the beach, watching your plane pass over me. How could you miss me? With my hands in the air I thought you were listening I thought you'd be there Where were you When I had no one to turn to Where were you When my worst fears were coming true Where were you I thought you'd come to my rescue I'm hey. 
set of footprints on the path I've been on. Now I know they were yours all along. is here in her own telling words. This is my time. She's bringing the real Jesus back to us, the Redeemer, to help us understand in this modern time how to be saved. So the Redeemer sends a Savior, and she's there for you in a way that the world up to this moment has never had the Virgin Mary a new power that's growing day by day, increasing in efficacy to act upon the earth, that when these apparitions end in Medjugorje, her eyes and heart, according to her, will still be here in a new way until the glorious moment Jesus Christ himself comes back. Pay the price. Make the sacrifice. Do everything through the eyes of the messages. It's your road map to your passing into eternal life. Joy will be yours. We wish you, Our Lady. We love you. Good night. <laughs>